Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe, and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer. Hey, we have a great show. We have a great topic we really need to talk about today. I can't wait to talk about this topic today. What, did you have some coffee or something? Oh, that may be what happened. Yeah. Did you ever drink coffee, Tony? I did. I did drink coffee at a time in my life. I used to hang out with these older guys at a coffee shop at night, like all the time, and just like pick their brains. Oh, you and were stuff hardcore. Like you drank yeah. coffee at and night. And so I drank coffee at night and I slept, and maybe we'll learn why later okay. in this show. All right. And uh, we got Will Schmidt coming to us via satellite from uh, the, the, the West Coast. Coast. He's the yeah. We're they. Coast. <laughs> yeah. I didn't follow that one through. Like you know, I was yeah. thinking on my feet, and it just wasn't happening. What's up, Potty Patati? Hi. How are you? I'm good. What's the weather like out there? It's uh mostly cloudy with a drizzling rain. Oh, okay. Oh, good job. Cool. Nice. I well, like it. Will's gonna come see us this weekend, where we'll have nice weather for oh. him. Yay. Okay, so what else you got there, Kenna? Well, we're going to be talking about coffee today, people. I know. I know this is a hard subject. It's very dear and precious to my heart. Well, it's not going to be all bad news for you just because you love coffee. There could be some good news in there. Might be a little mixed in there. But if you haven't liked us on Facebook, go ahead and go to... Shame. Yeah, shame on you. Kick it in the nuts. That's where we post all of our future show topics. You guys can post any questions you want us to cover like Rick does. And uh, we'll try to answer those. This is another Rick show. This is another Rick show. He he gave us the idea for the show. We kept skipping it. Rick's going to get his own podcast. So let's let's go into Rick's first question uh, and, and... just his comments at first, and then we, we ended up with a bunch of questions on this okay, one. Okay, that sounds good. Rick, but you know what? I had the Rick from the other time. Here's Rick from this time. <laughs> Rick from Cary, North Carolina. Coffee is one of the three most complex items we eat or drink regularly. It doesn't surprise me that it is both good and bad for you. The other two complex ones are beer and wine. I hear you, Rick. And while I love coffee, I'd like to know why they say it's okay to drink five cups a day. Some of the things I have heard about caffeine are that it gives you energy, but too much will make you shake. It keeps you awake or wakes you up. It helps you burn fat and improves your workout. It's also a diuretic which dehydrates you. It helps you with headaches and migraines, but also causes them. It makes people irritable and gives them heartburn. Excessive use can decrease brain activity. I've recently read that caffeine can excite portions of the brain, including the basal ganglia. Nice. I got it. Very well done. I'm going to medical school. That make those portions work overtime and cause issues with anxiety. Having dealt with GAD... GAD? What's that? Is that the same thing? I think it's a tractor. Okay. (laughs) Anxiety disorder. Okay. I can honestly say that cutting my caffeine intake by half has helped with anxiety. So tell us, what is caffeine? What does it do in the body and in the brain? And what ways does it help us? And in what ways does it hurt us? 
And at what point might we be taking in too much caffeine? Is there any reason a person should specifically avoid caffeine or specifically want to add it to their nutrition as an exercise? Are there any healthy alternatives for those who want to cut down on caffeine but want the energy increase? All good questions, Rick. I, I want to answer those questions, too. Yeah. Okay, so, Will, so just answer all those questions, and then <laughs> we'll go to another topic. But, you know, one thing before we get into this, Will, is that we kind of have to realize that we may be talking about two different things when we talk about caffeine is is one thing, and we're talking about coffee is a different thing. Because mm-hmm. you look at all of these studies that do studies on caffeine or that do studies on coffee consumption, and we have to kind of remember that we're not always just looking at one single thing, just like the the gluten uh, clinical trials that have said, look, uh, we've shown that, um, that people are really not sensitive to gluten. We gave them capsules of gluten all day long, and they ended up being fine. But it, it's not just the gluten causing the problems. It's other cofactors in those foods. So when we look at benefits or problems that are coming from coffee consumption, it's not always just the caffeine, because there's a lot of other factors in there that are at play at what's going on, right, Will Wolfgang Schmidt? Absolutely. Um, I guess one of the easiest to point out is the magnesium in, cafe- in coffee that is not present if you take like a uh, caffeine supplement or have it in green tea. There's tons of different things that naturally contain caffeine, and not all of them have magnesium or any of the other stuff in coffee. So we got to make a big distinction about that. Right. Also, Will's microphone sounds a little bit funny today, and on Skype, he has on this hood. It kind of makes him look like a Darth Vader kind of thing, and with with the so the the little deeper microphone sound effect is really working today. Nice. <laughs> it's rocking. Lightsaber too. Yeah. Or? Right. Does it just sound deeper, or does it sound static? It just sounds monstery. Like it just sounds it's a little like bit. It's like a little tiny echo or something. Yeah. Like you're in a hole. You know, that's me. I joined the I joined the dark side. Okay. okay. Good job. Okay, good. Good job. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, different things with coffee and anxiety. I mean, and, uh, and so caffeine. So coffee and, and caffeine are two do- two totally different things. They're caffeine's not. just in coffee. Yeah, caffeine's in coffee, but you can get caffeine in other sources yeah, as yeah, well. Sodas and and I just like to clarify that you know we may talk about some benefits that seem to come from coffee for some people. But I don't want that. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's always caffeine doing that. There's other factors in coffee that can be beneficial as well. And sometimes it is the caffeine doing that. But sometimes it's it's other factors. Same as when we get to the cons, the con side of uh, of coffee. I have a feeling this is going to prompt more questions. You think for so? Rick. Yeah. Okay, I, that's okay. Rick's doing a great job. You're doing good, Rick. Yeah, so Will, where, where should we even start? You know, there's a lot of good points that Rick brought up. Um, where do you want to start off with? Yeah, I think um, a good point to start off with is the uh, the general understanding that we have about not only caffeine, but pretty much every nutrient that there is, is that, um, you know, it it has certain effects and in some ways, for some people, it can be amazing, and for other people, not so amazing. But there's specific reasons why, from case to case, why one person may feel a benefit and one person may feel the you know the negative consequences. And it's not just like, oh, well, it's a crapshoot, and it's not just like, oh, it's it's always both. It's always both good and bad for you. You know, it's right. kind of it's not necessarily always both. For example, someone who like 
there may be one person who has really low blood sugar and is what we call like a carb burner, a fast oxidizer, and tends towards really unstable um, blood pressure and electrolyte levels. And when they drink coffee, they're like a wreck an hour later and because it accelerates the rate at which you burn through carbohydrates. So they get all shaky and nervous and anxiety and it, you know, it kind of ruins them. But another person may not have that issue. They actually may need some uh, stimulant to help them burn carbohydrates better. So they may feel like, oh, their brain finally turns on and their cell energy production starts really working and they don't get shaky at all. They feel like so much um, more balanced and active and good. But it's not it's not like an unsolvable mystery why that is. It's, it has to do with the bio-individuality of one person to the next. Right. And so let's dig a little bit into some possibilities of the effects that uh, coffee can have on an individual. So one of the most important factors that we talk a lot on the show about is uh, the, either the anabolic or catabolic state of the body. And Will, do you want to explain that variation just a little bit before we get into this for maybe someone who hasn't heard the show before? Yeah, it's a natural sort of um, cycle of energy productions uh, opposed to rest and recovery. So it's normal to be in a more energy-producing catabolic state during the day and uh, a more anabolic rest regenerative state in the evening. And there's different things going on with cell metabolism and your organs and your whole body when you're in one state or the other. And sometimes people can get stuck in one state or the other or be too deep into one state than the other. So we like to see a nice uh, gentle circadian rhythm from the catabolic state to the anabolic state. And different foods and nutrients can help um, facilitate that. Right. So both states are good. That We want both of them to happen for each human. Uh, but some people uh, kind of get stuck in one or the other. And that's when a lot of problems can occur. And a lot of the issues on the show that we like, we've done a whole episode on just anxiety. And one imbalance, not always the cause, but one possible imbalance uh, that can create anxiety and panic attacks is an overly anabolic state because of uh, the way that energy is produced uh, in that state, and it can create a lot of excess lactic acid. And, and we talk a lot about that in our anxiety episode. But the reason I bring that up is because Rick mentioned that uh, by reducing his coffee intake, he was able to reduce his anxiety. And the interesting thing about uh, foods or nutrients or supplements that can push a person more anabolic or more catabolic is that there are a few nutrients that are like glutamine. That's almost always going to push somebody more anabolic. But coffee is this one weird thing where not only can it push some people a lot more anabolic uh, and, and, and other people a lot more catabolic, but even within the same person, it seems that for a large percentage of the population that a small amount of coffee can push the person more anabolic but a large amount can push them more catabolic. What do you think about that, Will? Yeah, you know, I um, it is it is a sensitive nutrient like that. But um, I can I can also kind of look at it like uh, in an, in a different sort of context, not just in the catabolic anabolic framework. But you know, sometimes some of a, of a thing is good, like a glass of water. But maybe like a ton of something is not good, like three gallons of water all at once like right. that would kill you so we and it, and it makes sense too when we look at like what is happening with with caffeine specifically in glucose metabolism 
Well, it's, it's fine for a lot of people to have a little bit of boost in speeding their glucose metabolism so long as they have glucose to go around. But when you run out of glucose and you keep on stimulating accelerated glucose utilization, then you, get, then you run into problems. It's like slamming on the, on the gas pedal when your gas tank is empty. So it, um, it's not necessarily you have to be uh, you know, in a catabolic or anabolic imbalance that you've documented through self-tests. But you can push yourself there as you like, burn up resources. Right, because so you don't know what you're going to do unless you're testing yourself. You don't know how it's going to react with you. Right, and then you also have to kind of pay attention to what happens when you're drinking coffee. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it would even be hard just to look at your numbers and say, okay, coffee is going to uh, affect me in this exact way. I, it I, may be different the next time. Right, exactly, or it could be different from person to person, or it, it can have to do with the other factors in your life. Because think about. Um, you know, what's going on with each person, their level of stress, uh, the burden that their body is dealing with, whether it be on a toxic or a metabolic level, um, and how much can they handle? You know, a lot of people that are, um, they're sleeping well, they're handling their stress, they're not uh, kind of falling apart all over the place, can drink coffee and get a lot of benefits from it. Because when you look at the actual studies on a population level, and you look at that data, coffee is kind of a friend to us. It's kind of a, oh, people who drink coffee tend to fare better in a lot of these things that they do studies on. I, I hate studies like that because they're looking at um, this particular population, Population, this percentage drank coffee and only this percentage had breast cancer. Maybe you know, they and they had all anabolic people or all um, catabolic people and didn't know. I right, mean, how right. do you know like the type of people? Right, but when you look at a population and the studies that they've done, it does seem that coffee is not this villain as we've a lot of us have viewed it. A lot of people that What drink, am I hearing, Tony? You want well, to go ahead and say that again louder? It seems that, what I said was that uh, coffee may not be this villain uh, that we all viewed it. Uh, but for you it is. We'll uh, talk about why later. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. No, uh, bleep that. Bleep, bleep. Oh, now you got to bleep mine. Yeah. Oh, bleep oh. it again. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, but, you know, so there has to be some beneficial factors. And, of course, when we look at uh, more specific things, even to the individual, you can find what some of these beneficial factors are. And, and we'll talk about those um, a lot today, too. But uh, it, it's just important to look at, okay, can the person handle to be stimulated a little bit? Can they hand handle being uh, certain systems being speeded up if that's the reaction that it's going to have, and not everybody can have that. Some people just look at coffee as this boost, but we'll explain what you were just talking about, how, uh, you know, if somebody's metabolizing things too quickly and you're going to boost that, why that would be a problem. Yeah, so we can just go to, like, an easy example of if anyone's read your books and knows about the imbalance we talk about as a fast oxidizer or carb burner, that someone usually who has kind of weaker digestion and isn't able to really assimilate proteins or fats well. So they're kind of just running on one out of three engines. They're just running on carbohydrates. And carbohydrates are really kind of hard to store a significant amount of in your bloodstream and your cells just as glucose. So it's very easy for that person to run out of glucose. And when they take something that speeds the rate at which they're using that glucose, they'll oftentimes experience hypoglycemic symptoms of cravings, anxiety, shakiness, twitching, 
um, that sort of thing. So that kind of person is much more susceptible to um, to hypoglycemic episodes that caffeine can lead uh, someone to. And a lot of people are, are in that boat, and then a lot of people are on the other side of a different boat where they really benefit from accelerated glucose metabolism. There's a lot of boats mm-hmm. going on right there. Yeah. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to sixfigurehealthpro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. Um, okay, so let's start moving through some questions, and I think we're going to come back to some of Rick things too, and dig deeper into them and stuff like that. All right. Angie from Orange Park, Florida. I'm from Orange Park, Florida. Wow. Y'all know each other? I think I do know. I, know, I do know Angie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is coffee really the number one antioxidant? I don't understand why. I'm also not a coffee drinker. Good job, Angie. Yeah. I'm not a coffee drinker either. Yeah. Well, you used to Although be. some of those guys I used to drink coffee with actually knew Angie too. So, oh, wow. see, the whole Angie. the show has already come full circle. It's around. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, good it wasn't way. like that. Um, but so, Will, you know, it is coffee really does have the highest level of antioxidants of, a, you know, when you look at different types of foods, I think to get something anywhere near as high as coffee, you got to start looking at things like turmeric and, you know, but that's not always, we view antioxidants as that saves the world and that's not always the situation. Um, some people you know, could use a little bit of oxidation and kind of stuff. So that's one factor. Um, But what else can we look at when we're talking about the antioxidant factor of coffee? Because for some people, that is going to be a beneficial factor. Yeah, absolutely. And it does, uh, there's different ways in which things can be oxidizing or antioxidant and different things like um, free radicals, for example, that there's a whole like smorgasbord of of molecules that could interact with free radicals and different things that can cause free radicals from being there. And one way that caffeine acts as a antioxidant uh, or like a sequester of free radicals is by inhibiting a um, a free radical known as xanthine oxidase. And this is a uh, this is produced in when your body's in a stress state, so along with stress hormones. So caffeine can help to um, mitigate the effects of that free radical. But there's a lot of different things that can be causing uh, free radical oxidation. Can you expand on what a free radical radical activity would be and what that means to us? Yeah. So there, when it's um, there's different molecules that can cause oxidative stress, and oxidation is when oxygen uh, or uh, a sort of an electron to proton imbalance is occurring, and Oxygen is particularly like commonly doing that kind of activity of oxidizing other molecules in our body, and with it, it can disrupt the the literal like the structure and stability of a molecule, and also alter its electron count and its electric potential to do work. So when we see a whole bunch of oxidative stress caused by free radicals occurring, it's basically depleting a, um, a cell or a system of the free electrons it has. And when it does that, it changes the whole uh, molecular structure and electromagnetic balance of the cells. And that can alter their functionality, their energy potential, their structural integrity, their 
spatial orientation. So we don't want uh, excess free radicals going around causing like an extreme amount of oxidation. Um, another example of this could be like when you have hydrogen peroxide to kill uh, germs. So sometimes your cells will actually make hydrogen peroxide, that exact molecule, the same molecule you could buy in like a cleansing, like sterile. We have, we have hydrogen peroxide, Will. We were yeah. just, we were just holding a bottle of it. That's amazing. It's, so that's that, amazing. So that I'm, is I'm very, filled with amazing facts. It came so that from is a my very, body. <laughs> so that is a very uh, visually obvious uh, manifestation of oxidation. If you like pour some of that down the sink and you see like the bubbling, fizzing, that's oxidation occurring right before your eyes in a very significant level. Um, so with that, there can be good things about that, like your immune system will create hydrogen peroxide in order to intentionally oxidize new um, invaders. Your body will also create, your immune cells will also sometimes create nitric oxide for that same exact reason. But when we have a ton of oxidizing agents going on all the time, like think about like what would happen if you were to just constantly be drinking your hydrogen peroxide? Like there's a lot of damage that can occur. Yeah, it might not go well. Yeah, so we don't want that crazy out of control. And there's different things that can be um, creating free radicals in different areas of your body and in different organs and at different levels of the tissue and the bloodstream. So one way that we see caffeine work specifically as a sequester of free radicals is by um, helping to inhibit the xanthine oxidase, which is a, an, a free radical produced by stress hormones. So that's, that's also like... Um, it's an interesting way in which caffeine can be an anti-stress agent. Right. So, and for some people, that can be one of the beneficial factors. So, um, you know, that, that can be why it's an antioxidant, but it's just not always something that we need as much of as people think, and in not all cases. So sometimes if coffee, you know, especially an excess amount of coffee could be creating some problems, just because you're getting all these antioxidants, that doesn't mean that you're creating benefits if the excessive amount of coffee that you're drinking is creating problems due to other areas, maybe pushing you too catabolic and making you fall apart at the cellular level just as one option of those things. Yeah, and to expand on that a little bit more to like broaden the, the conversation about its antioxidant potential, it can also work on things like in your kidneys, it can help you retain less cadmium and, and in your intestines it can help you absorb less iron when you consume it which um, both of those things the cadmium and iron can be oxidizing agents so there again it's working as an, an antioxidant in multiple ways and it just kind of broadens our perspective on well what's causing oxidation and the heavy metals and such that caffeine can help reduce in the system is another way in which it works as an antioxidant okay cool let's go to Roxanne's Roxanne, put on a red light. Okay. I've heard one cup of coffee or tea pushes you anabolic. So should you always have at least two if drinking it during the day? That's what I think you should do. You should always have at least two. If you're anabolic, have two. Yeah. So because, you know, during the day is when we want to be more catabolic. And if someone is going to have a pro-anabolic effect from drinking a small amount of coffee in the morning... Is that going to make them more anabolic in the in the uh, during the day, which they don't want to be in, and cause problems? So I, I think that's a a valid point to consider. But you still have to figure out how are you reacting to coffee because we've we've all known people who like I can drink a cup of coffee and I'll be awake until next Thursday, you know. But I also know a lot of people who can drink a 
cup of coffee at night and, and they're asleep. instantly asleep. That was going to be my question. It, could it push you to be anabolic so you would drink it at night? Right. So for some people, they find that that is actually the way to help them sleep. And if we understand its effect on the anabolic and catabolic state, that could be the reason why for that person. Yeah. And, you know, we can also look at it in the other ways where it's um, a little more complex looking at the other imbalances. So say someone, because you can have like issues falling asleep for different reasons. And one of them could be you could be in a sympathetic nervous system imbalance, like the fight or flight state. And magnesium can help kind of relax that system. So when you're in a, case, a situation where you have insomnia because of a sympathetic imbalance, something that can help kind of tilt your nervous system in the opposite direction and make you more parasympathetic could help you sort of relax and ease up, as well as like the ability of caffeine to help stimulate regular glucose metabolism. That too can lower stress hormone levels and help reduce lactic acid levels by facilitating regular cell metabolism. And lactic acid could be another thing, giving you anxiety and keeping you up at night. Um, and caffeine also has the ability to lower serotonin levels, which is another thing that can um, create anxiety. So all those ways that, that caffeine and coffee, the magnesium and coffee, can affect the chemistry could help someone sleep for those reasons too. Right, and when you, you keep talking about magnesium, uh, we really should touch on because a lot of people are like, I can't poop if I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And you know whether they're drinking an amount that is pushing them more catabolic so that the body sends more water to the bowels and allows that stool to move more freely, or it could even be the magnesium content in the coffee that is helping the body send more water to the bowels and kind of loosen that up a little bit. And, and there could be other factors that we don't even understand. Do you know under other factors beyond that that might help somebody poop, Will? Yeah, a couple other. Um, so in uh, caffeine also works as like a protecting agent for the liver. So when we look at the liver's role and the bile's role in digestion and, uh, for example, like bile stimulates peristalsis in the intestinal tract. So that if you don't have peristalsis occurring, you can have constipation going on. So in addition to the, um, the impact that magnesium has in, ex, you know, usually in ex- expediting bowel movements, so too can the bile salts that, um, that caffeine and coffee can help stimulate the secretion of. Those two can also help facilitate peristalsis and, and bowel movements. And it also has a, caffeine and coffee generally have a, a protective um, impact or protective mechanism that helps the liver deal with things like stressors like alcohol and acetaminophen. See, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that is good reason to have it. It's protecting my liver. Yeah, it does. It does. It helps protect the liver against the, the damages that alcohol and acetaminophen, which is like an active ingredient in a lot of painkillers. So it uh, it can help regular liver function, which is a essential and critical part of digestion and detoxification. You know, when you're talking about the liver too, uh, this is something that I have not always known. I think I got this uh, from Chris Kresser, and that is that uh, coffee is metabolized by an enzyme in the liver that is affected by this specific gene. It's like the C1P1A2 gene or something like that. And But 50% of the population has a variant in that specific gene that leads to a slower ability to process the coffee. And it seems that they figured out through some studies that a lot of the people that get more of the 
harmful effects from coffee are these people that have a harder ability, uh, a slower ability to process the coffee. And I'm and I'm not saying they're a, a slow oxidizer like we're talking about. It's just this specific enzyme that is used to process the coffee better in the liver uh, has a slower process with about 50% of the population. And that could be another reason why, because when I drink coffee, I'm just, I'm kind of wrecked and I don't function very well. Um, So that could be an issue for me, who knows? But we do know that some people benefit from coffee and some people don't do well. So this is one other factor that could be a contributing factor in that formula and of who gets to be the joyous coffee drinker and who doesn't also i mean i don't I, nobody has mentioned this but um like me i know if i have a performance or an audition don't drink coffee you're already going to have nerves and stuff it's just going to make you you can't even think you, you get know? all jacked up yeah like? jacked up but if i need to go work out or go for a hike or something like that it feels great to have a coffee because i have that extra energy but also like i know when i've drank coffee on an empty stomach that's also weird, too, because then it just tears my stomach up. You know, what is that about? I think we, we have a question about that, and we're going to probably have to get to that okay. next week. But oh. we, won't, we won't forget that at all. We definitely want to talk about the effects on the stomach, uh, and too. And electrolyte deficient, all that stuff. Yeah, we're going to hit into that, too. But let's, let's hit um, uh, Bonnie's question real quick so we can knock out a couple let's more do. questions before we move but on. But first... Today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for details. And if you're interested in all this stuff and you want to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. I'm Tony, and that's Will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so let's go to Bonnie's question. Bonnie! All right, I was... Caffeine free for a while, then my acupuncturist said to start drinking a cup a day to help my metabolism, and it's been better ever since. And what's your take on David Asprey's bulletproof coffee? Did I say his last name right? Asprey's? I don't know how to pronounce David's Asprey's. last name. Asprey. Yeah. Um, so I, I want Will to kind of talk about this a little bit too, and uh, he, he's going to have some things he doesn't like about the bulletproof coffee, which. The part where they're fasting in order to do that, I, I'm not always such a big fan of either. Um, but if someone's trying to get some extra fats in their meal, I am a fan of that. You know, putting either butter, coconut oil, MCT oil, something like that into their coffee just to get that nutrition into their body. I, I, I love that idea. I think that that's great. Um, but when they use it as a part of the diet, then me and Will are not such fans of that. Do you want to talk about why? I do, I do. Um, and then so, we'll get into why uh, this may have helped Bonnie feel better too. Sure. So, I mean, Bonnie benefited. Bonnie's a part of the fat loss group right now, and she's awesome. And we can look at her chemistry and see, like, oh yeah, it's, it is definitely helping her. She tends towards a more of a slower oxidizer state, and um, I believe she doesn't typically struggle with low blood pressure. But when we look at the bulletproof coffee strategy, there's there's a couple things about it. One is um, Bulletproof Coffee is an extremely expensive brand that Dave Asprey justifies as being expensive because he says it's freer of mycotoxins than other coffee brands. But 
um, Joe Rogan at the time when Dave, when Dave came out out with like this whole brand, Joe was a big fan and was a seller of the coffee. Um, but then Joe is a very inquisitive, like very honest um, health advocate and uh, fitness enthusiast. And he's he also doesn't he doesn't care if like someone doesn't like him or not. So he dug deeper into Dave Asprey's brand claims, and they had a three a third party test. Uh, different brands of coffee and measure mycotoxin levels and found that all the coffees were free of mycotoxins because of the way they're processed. And if they weren't, people would be getting sick all the time eating um, these or drinking these coffees. So when he pressed Dave about what, what proof do you have that shows like your brand is, is exceptionally more pure than others, he said, oh, well, in order for me to show you that research, I you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So as soon as he would tell him like oh i actually don't have good research showing that and and there's nothing really that makes my coffee special now i have to kill you and you would think. be bound you would be bound to silence legally or else he could sue you because you signed an nda so um at that point dave was like this is this is this is way overly Beep. expensive <laughs> um so um so that's like as far as like the brand itself but the strategy of bulletproof coffee and the diet that he recommends is Basically, to um, it's kind of like what we have mentioned before with the whole carb backloading thing is to um, get your body in a state of depleted glucose reserves so that you then have to uh, push your cells into utilization of fat, which is like a, it's a ketogenic state. And not everyone attains a ketogenic state when they actually do that. It depends on your current um, glucose reserves and your cells' capacity to tap into that. But that's the direction that Bulletproof Coffee is trying to push the metabolism, which is, um, which can work great for some people for fat loss, but it is also uh, intentionally exacerbating or intentionally uh, generating a hypoglycemic state where your body has to turn to fat for fuel. And for some people, that can be very damaging because it does elevate stress hormone levels, and it also leads a lot of people right into the main problems that a lot of people have with caffeine and a lot of the studies that claim to demonstrate the harmful effects of caffeine and coffee drinking, which are ones where people are consuming significant amounts of caffeine or coffee in a fasted state, which is essentially a fasted state when you're doing bulletproof coffee. Even though you're having fats, you're not having carbs. So your glucose reserves are depleted, which is in that way a fasted state. And that can create a lot of the hypoglycemic and uh, symptoms like anxiety and, and twitching and shaking and convulsing. Uh, so for a lot of people, it really, really does not work well at all. And for a lot of people, it does work as far as fat loss, but it can also, over time, create a lot of uh, stress hormone secretion and the damage from that oxidation. Yeah, and I want to come back to the gastrointestinal stuff a little bit when we talk about that. We'll come back to the fasting thing and having coffee on that as well. But I think that we're going to have to wrap this up. We're going to have to pick up the rest of the questions uh, next week. Aww, I know. So we'll get, we're going to cover a lot of these other things that we haven't got to yet about coffee, like the stomach discomfort and the electrolyte deficiency stuff and when is coffee and maybe not a good idea, all that kind of stuff. All right. You got anything else to say, Will? No, I'm good. Okay. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. 
And, or you can head on over to Will Schmidt's MyBodyOfKnowledge.net. Oh, gosh. And uh, he's got lots of stuff on there, blogs, exercises, pictures of himself, half naked, you know, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. All the requirements of a Mm -hmm. good website. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll coffee it up. All right. Tap, 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 tap,